Fasten your seatbelt. Fasten your seatbelt, please. Welcome back to Sci-Fi Cross-Sections, a weekly podcast dedicated to everything science fiction. It's me, your sci-fi boy, Colin Brandon, and joining me today is... It's Mark. I'm Ben Young. <laughs> I'm Bill Jarvis, the only professional on this podcast. <laughs> Andrew's back. And today we are talking about the 1997 blockbuster sci-fi comedy, Men in Black. But before we jump into that movie, I want to throw it over to Ben Young for them Young News. Alrighty, um, so we got a lot of news to go through today, so I'm going to just go ahead and dive right into it. First off, Netflix's trailer for their new Greg Daniels comedy Space Force has dropped. The show stars Steve Carell as General Mark R. Naird, who is surprisingly given command of the new Space Force military branch. All episodes were released on Netflix on May 29th, and we may even talk about it more down the road Ooh. if it's sci-fi. We'll see what we'll see. Right. We can see. So. Looks yeah. very good. We'll watch it, and then we'll decide. How about ben, that? I have a question for you. Hmm. Do you have any news about Tom Cruise today? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the prestige. <laughs> the Hollywood Reporter reports that Paramount has picked up an original spec script from Matson Tomlin, co-writer of the 2021 Batman film, called 2084. Lorenzo D. Bonaventura, producer of G.I. Joe and Transformers, is set to produce this. The film is being described as a spiritual sister to George Orwell's 1984, as well as having tones similar to Inception and The Matrix, which is like, okay. I, I, could, I could see that being really good or really bad. We'll right, see what happens. Exactly. Right. And like, what sci-fi film doesn't have tones similar to The Matrix in the, one, you know, in the at least 21st century? into one or the other. Like, right. That's a, <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's it's the kind last of like a spectrum of The Last of Us. For a big budget Battle sci-fi Angel movie, that's kind of the standard now. I, uh, Battle Angel Lolita. It's just the Matrix. War of the Worlds. It's just the Matrix. 21 Days Later. That's just the Matrix. Just the Matrix. God damn it. <laughs> All right. Um, Rock'em Sock'em Robots, the movie. <laughs> I know what you did last summer. Fucking Matrix. Alien Resurrection. Oh, we should do, we should do BattleBots sometime. The Faculty. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the Faculty. <laughs> this is the cast where we name things that aren't like the Matrix. <laughs> Everybody's favorite podcast, <laughs> the non-Matrix cast. <laughs> Mr. Holland's we are the negative. Hey. We, are the, we are the negative hey. space that, that we are the negative space of the Matrix. Can we call it the hey Matrix? Guys, I found some more news here. Hell yeah, Matrix adjacent behind news. your seat. Yeah, it was just right over here. Um, Sony has picked up the sci-fi thriller from uh, the a sci-fi thriller, not the just a. From the writers of A Quiet Place, according to Deadline. The movie is still untitled, but we do know that the writers are set to produce alongside Sam Raimi. There are really no details on the film yet, but it's a mm. Sam Raimi sci-fi thriller, so it sounds pretty cool. What has he been doing recently? Nothing, right? 
He's just kind of been producing stuff in the background, as far as I know. Uh, we could probably look it up later when we feel uh, like it. He's been touching. Bruce Campbell doing anything? Up uh, Spider-Man Four for. Oh fuck! He's doing. He's doing uh, the new Doctor Strange movie. Oh yeah, he just got announced for that. I forgot about mm. that. Sorry, I had to look it up. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. We, we'll see if he's still got it. We will see. Oh, I'm sure he's fine. <clears throat> J.J. Abrams has selected three showrunners to head his new sci-fi drama, Demi Monday, I think is how you pronounce it, at HBO, according to Variety. Uh, executive producer of The Handmaid's Tale, Kira Snyder, and executive producers of Life, Rand Ravitch, and Far Shariet, not of like life in general, but of the TV show Life. Uh, will be co-showrunning the show, which is fairly scarce of plot details at the moment. It's being described as an epic and intimate sci-fi fantasy drama that deals with a world's battle against a monstrous, oppressive force exploring the lengths of a family will go to find their missing child. Whatever. Abrams will write an executive produce. It'll be like most Abrams sci-fis, I guess. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> not that that's, that's a bad thing. Well, no, but like... What you just described to me does not, for some reason, get me excited. I just, I don't. I agree. I'll wait till I see a trailer and then maybe watch an episode or two to, you know, get excited. I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in the same boat. All right. Uh, Deadline reports that Josh Campbell and Matt Stuckin, the geniuses behind 10 Cloverfield Lane, will be writing an adaptation of Elizabeth Bear's short sci-fi story titled Covenant. The story is about a former serial killer, the beneficiary of right-minding, quote-unquote, a process that cures psychopathy by forcibly bestowing empathy. She finds herself in a very dangerous situation. Whatever. Uh, no release date as of yet, but we'll keep an eye on the story. I'm always down for more things from those guys, so. Yeah, we'll see. And finally... I need you all to listen very carefully because this is the best news I've given all day. The best wait. news I've given all week. Deadline is reporting. And they have no official sources. But the writer is very certain in the legitimacy of this news. Deadline is reporting that Tom Cruise and Elon Musk are working with NASA to create the first narrative feature film shot in outer space. There's no studio involved, but like I said, Deadline seems confident in the early piece of news they received, and we'll you keep an eye out for you it. You don't need a fucking source. Like, Elon Musk, <laughs> certifiably crazy. Tom Cruise, <laughs> certifiably crazy. NASA fucking just needs something different in their lives <laughs> right now, money. because, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I, it's crazy enough to believe they're going to do it. Oh my god, and Tom Cruise is going to want to do something stupid, like go on like an an un, unhooked spacewalk or something for the movie, and they're going to be like, no, Tom, you can't do it. And he's going to be like, fuck you, Zulu says I can, and he'll do it. I wonder how, like, exactly. I my wonder, my Thetans are ready, and it, he jumps out. Say, isn't it Zeno? Um, I don't know. Zulu, but I was he was just gonna be like, I wonder how long I can last in space. Isn't like a human can last like ten seconds in space? Why don't I just like really jump off and like just go <laughs> like, and then you guys have like this 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 thing to catch me in, and then mm -hmm. just instantly make an atmosphere. Exactly, and I'm safe. But I, I like the idea of having no wires. So let's do that. <laughs> 
I, I'm, I'm really excited. Tom Cruise is a fucking nutcase, and it's so good. I love watching him. He's so much fun. <clears throat> yeah, it'll be fun. Anyway. We'll see. We'll see. I could see this just getting stuck in production hell, and they just kind of move on, but... Who knows? Like the, like the last movie that was supposed to be shot in space. Hey, you remember when Colin Trevorrow wanted to shoot Star Wars in space? <laughs> no. <sighs> you know what, though? At this, you know, at this point, I oh, I don't want to go into it, but I almost wish Colin Trevorrow actually directed <laughs> the third installment. I, I, I know. I've seen the script. Which part did he want in space, though? Out of I don't it. know. I think probably the space scenes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's called Space Wars, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, I bet yeah. Vulcan balls. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I really like this gun, Chewy. <laughs> oh, <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> we need more Harrison Ford impressions from you. <laughs> like every episode. <laughs> Get <laughs> off my plane. This, That's and, not how this works. And this week, That's not how this like, works. This week's... <laughs> This week's segment of Harrison Ford reads the <laughs> reads of fucking movie synopsis or something. Anyway. I didn't kill my wife. <laughs> I don't care. Hey, he's in that movie too. Tommy Lee Jones anyway, is in both movies. Yeah. That does it for the news. For all of the latest and greatest sci-fi news, visit us at facebook.com slash sci-fi cross-sections or on Twitter at SF cross-sections. Back to you, Overlord. Check out sci-fi-cross-sections.com as well. Yeah, we got a podcast site now. We're a fish. It's pretty cool. Good thing. Good job, though. All right. Thank you, Ben. So, as I suggested before, we are going to talk about Men in Black. Uh, all right. Filmed in 1996, released in 1997. Uh, <laughs> directed by Barry Sonnenfield. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with Barry Sonnenfield's work, he's done uh, fun things like The Adams Fa- Family. The Adams Family Values. Ugh, sorry. I'm just really gassy right now. Uh, Men in Black. Men in Black 2. Men in Black 3. And my personal favorite, 1999's hit movie, Wild Wild West. Dang. Bow, wow, wow, yippee-yo, yippee Bow, wow, 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 yippee-yo, yippee Yes, I'm sorry. That's probably the best movie he's ever done in my book, um, is Get Shorty. Fucking love that movie. Not sci-fi, but I recommend you guys watch it. <clears throat> Anyways, that sums it up for Barry Sonnenfield. Uh, it was written also by Ed Solomon, who's done those lovable, quirky films like Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted 2. I didn't know Ed Sullivan was involved in this. Oh my god. What? <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> I said Ed Sullivan, right? Yeah. Oh god, okay. <laughs> no, you said Ed Sullivan, right? That's, yeah. That yes, that's Sullivan. what I said. Okay. And Miller is being I'm just being cheeky. difficult. All right. He's being uh, cheeky. And in case you guys have seen this movie and you didn't realize it, but that is 110% Danny Elfman. In fact, I'm pretty sure he got nominated and won awards for the score of this movie but yeah we're gonna fucking fucking talk no fuck you that was honestly like we're gonna talk about danny elfman yeah honestly this is very divisive ben is the least big oingo boingo fan around i'm actually not that big of a fan of danny elfman in the the opening sequence let's let's get through over the top let's get get through my thing this is the perfect time to talk about it starting no we'll do the synopsis really quick we gotta, we gotta. Well, I gotta do. finish my, I gotta finish right. my bit. Oh yeah, and then we're getting right into it, Mark. I promise. <laughs> okay, so the budget was ninety million. 
in the box office was 589.4 million that is literally half a billion fucking dollars that's great in 1997 that's like a billion dollars today I don't think that doesn't actually check out. We can check the consumer price index, but I don't think that checks. Bill out. price index. How many yen is that? <laughs> Bill's pulling out his phone. He's going. He's going to the. He's going to the consumer price index. Okay, just um, add two zeros, Mark. So, anyways, uh, yeah, that's all I have for you, Ben. Hit me with that, young. I've been asked synopsis. to not do it mm-hmm. this time around. Uh, yeah, I've asked to, to do, do this, and Ben acquiesced, ah. like most of my requests. Um, so. Uh, Men in Black. So the good guys dress in black. Remember that just in case we're ever face to face and make contact. Uh, The title held by me, MIB, means what you think you saw you did not see um so don't brink be what was there is now gone the black suits with the black ray bands on walk in shadow move in silence guard against extraterrestrial violence but yo we don't ain't on no government list we straight don't exist no names and no fingerprints saw something strange watch your back because you never quite know where the mibs is at <laughs> need i go on no. Do we get a chorus at that? Uh, we do get a chorus, yeah. Here come the men in black, Galaxy Defenders. Here come the men in black. They won't let you remember. That's nah, 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 really nah. We, they won't let you remember. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, yeah that's the lyric. Yeah, that is. Yeah. So, fun fact, because we're because uh, right now we're gonna get into the yeah uh, talk about that score again because I feel like people's heads were about to fucking explode. We have to revisit. But I, I I will say right now that uh they released two I guess albums for this movie. One was Danny Elfman's, and the other one was just a collection of fun songs that inspired. I don't know what, including that track. Men in Black, the song is a bop. Yeah. It's really good. And I feel like if Gemini Man had a Will Smith song, it might have been a better movie. It's scientifically proven. There's a lot, there's a lot of things Gemini Man G-Mini needed. Gemini Man. But that is definitely one of them. Yes. So anyways, Danny Elfman. Can't argue with a half a billion dollars. No, you. if anybody tries to argue with half a billion dollars, your point's invalid. Right. Oh, by the way, that brings me back to so the purchasing power of a dollar in 1999 is equivalent to about one dollar and fifty five cents in 2020. So fifty five percent. So I was right. Yeah. So well, not double, so billion dollars. Seven hundred fifty million. Yeah. Right. I don't know math. Okay. Math isn't science fiction. Never met him. Mark. Mark was really passionate about his his thing he needed to talk about with Danny Elfman. So I'm gonna let him start before I crush his dreams. I wasn't super passionate. I just. I just didn't see why we had to wait to talk about it. Uh, but I... We had some segments to get through. No, that's fair. Um, no, I... So... I didn't re- remember it being Danny Elfman uh, re-watching it. That was one of the few things I actually didn't re- like really draw back with this movie. I was kind of caught off guard at the beginning. And I quickly realized why, because that that opening sequence with the dragonfly mm-hmm. is like super out of place in a way in the movie, and the music is is really 
he really laid into his style in that opening sequence. And then I feel like it, it kind of takes a backseat once the movie actually starts, though. Well, Mark, the entire that entire scene with the dragonfly is actually perfectly apt because do you remember what the driver says when the uh dragonfly splatters on the windscreen <laughs> fucking bugs it's like goddamn bug goddamn which is bug. the synopsis of the whole movie yeah. bugs are not to be trusted it's very shakespearean in uh, mm-hmm. uh, orwellian even mark i still feel like there are moments where danny elfman still like his style is very prominent I've never liked Danny Elfman. I yeah, and rewatching this too. film makes me hate that man more than anything on this planet. <laughs> I fucking hate Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman doesn't like bum 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 bum. Here comes the bad guy. He is bad. Um dun dun dun. Just constant bullshit. He doesn't mean it, Danny. His, his his composition is that of a juvenile, and it just makes the watching the movie torturous, and it makes the hour after watching the movie even worse because it just sticks in your fucking head. The dude is absolute fucking trash, and how he keeps getting work is beyond me. I don't remember anything about the score, except for that Man in Black song. I didn't when I was a child, and then I rewatched the the movie today, yeah, me and too. I was like, "Wow, as an adult, this is utter trash." Why did we like this when we were kids? Mm-hmm. This isn't a movie. Or this isn't a song movie. <laughs> what does that mean? Um, did you ever see Yellow Submarine or any of those Beatles movies? Sure. They're song movies. They're designed around mm-hmm. the the songs. Like this is not designed around the songs. Okay. Good point, I guess. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I just I just want you to know that uh, Men in Black won the Academy Award for Best Makeup and was also nominated for Best Original Score. Yeah, so, well, you know what? Uh, so what yeah, Danny Elfman did something Can we see what it went well, up against? So. I'm curious. No, tell me. Oh, you want me to tell yes. you? Uh, what fucking up. year was that? The guy with like, the phone hey, out. You uh, just looked that up for me real quick, host. Well, he was looking at the exact thing that I thought would have the relevant information. I was for. Oh, true, true. <laughs> oh, fuck. I can maybe, I can maybe just do, do this for you. So, should I go into the deeper meanings of this film? Shut up. Hold on. <laughs> it, yeah, the philosophical... How do, you, how do you... I love you. How do you hate Danny Elfman that much? I know he's got a style, like... And it can be over the top, but I think it's most of the times that it's applied, it's it's, it's, it's perfect. It fits those situations. To me, it's whimsical. That's like the one thing I, I would say I don't like about it. Not that it's a bad thing, but it's it's very whimsical. His style for me epitomizes everything I hate about 90s films. It's cheap. It's generic. It's empty. It has no no value, no meaning whatsoever. It's there to fill void. And that was the entire 90s. It was there to fill void. And Danny Elfman had never gone up from that. Everything he did was always just to fill void. He never improved as an artist. When you hear, you could hear the first 10 seconds of a, of a film's soundtrack and you could be like, oh yeah, this is Danny Elfman. Because you know exactly what you're getting with him. You're getting generic, cheap trash. And I'm pretty sure that's just the sound that comes with 
any artist. I mean, John Williams is the same thing. Like, there. Yeah, I was gonna mention that. You Mark, can yeah. watch pretty much any film that he does a score for, and you're like, "Oh, is this is this John Williams?" You're absolutely right, but John Williams does it well. Oh fuck! What was I recently watching that I never realized John Williams did the score for? But as soon as I read it, it was all I could fucking hear in the movie. Uh, Minority Report. I just watched it the yeah. other day. Yeah. We should oh, cover wow. that. I, think- I haven't seen it in years, and I'm watching it every the whole time. I'm just like, this is a fucking Steven Spielberg. Uh, and John Williams nut like they just all over the place. That's actually what I was. Like, was it's very much their style. Because I didn't, I didn't watch the whole movie with you, but that was that was what I was thinking of. Uh, that you know, I I popped in and watched a bit with you, and yeah, that was all I could think about was like, this this sounds like this sounds super familiar. Who is this? And then yeah, it was John Williams. But I mean, there's proof. Like like I I've never known. I've seen Minority Report quite a few times. I've never known that John Williams did the score of it, and. I'm sure if I went back now with this knowledge, I'd be like, oh, yes, this is clearly just his, just his at signature. least go back and watch the jetpack scene that like goes into the Colin uh, Farrell Tom Cruise chase scene. And it, the whole time, it's just like a fucking Star Wars movie. I swear to God, the score. But, you, you know, like like I said, it's quality. It's good. It, the John Williams understands that a composition should um, enhance the scene. It shouldn't just fill the void underneath the scene. And Danny Elfman doesn't understand that, or he does understand it and just doesn't care because he's here to make a quick paycheck. Don't get me wrong; he's clearly doing something right. Because... You know what? I have a, th- I have a theory, Ben. Mm-hmm. You don't like Tim Burton movies, do you? No, I despise Tim Burton movies. I think Tim Burton you is an no, see, ultimate. Trash here's the thing. Director. Here's the thing: is I think you have this uh, connection where every time you hear uh, Danny Elfman, you're reminded of Tim Burton movies. That could be it. Because mm. like all of Tim Burton movies have Danny Elfman in it. That's probably what you're doing there. That's a good point. Yeah. That Listen to some Danny Mondo Elfman Blingo. does not... Like, Danny Elfman is good at what he does. But every time you hear it, you think of those movies. That's... that. If I was a psychologist, that's what I would say. Thank if you, If you doctor. were a psychologist. Yes, you're welcome. Um, I will be sending a bill to you in the mail. Hopefully your insurance can cover this. Don't have insurance, right. ain't gonna pay it. Send it to the deck collector right away. <laughs> so, I, can, can I just say something real quick? I think that we said earlier that we should do Minority Report. It's also a really short Philip K. Dick novel. It's only about 100 pages, and that would be like a really good opportunity to do movie versus novel kind of thing. But anyway. I, I'm with you there. We'll do it. You can't say dick on podcast. Okay, Poor Philip K. Richard. You can't say fucking dick. Philip, Philip, Klosterscher, uh, Is that what it is? No. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> okay so we're man we are all about danny elfman but i think we really have to uh i mean that's basically we're we're just all about movie. you know defending our childhoods that ben is attacking that's all your childhoods weren't that great it's all based in nostalgia because you're debt ridden now and you hate it and you think back to a time when things were simpler and you were happy and you didn't have to understand the difference between a mortgage and a home equity loan <laughs> yeah but i got drugs now so <laughs> you could have had them then too you just had to kill the pet cat it's true hey he's got drugs in a in a blue ambience going on yeah, exactly <laughs> he's living his best life all right Oh, fuck. Okay. Can I just say that this is a sci-fi film? Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. 100%. Right. Great. Glad we're all agreed. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about Star Wars. 
<laughs> Stop. Uh, <laughs> hey, hang on. First off, I got it. It's it's sci-fi. Even though this isn't part of the uh, Merry March Sadness Month of Miller, I I have to know why you've been fighting for this movie <laughs> since since like early September of 2019. Every week, it's like, hey, hey, can we do Every Men in Black? <laughs> hey, can we do Men in Black? Hey, can we do Men in Black? The like, one time a week I talk to I think you guys, it, I'm I, asking if I we think can at one point ben change just, it. Ben just stopped responding to you. Maybe. <laughs> until, it's possible. Un, until two days ago uh -huh. when you're like, can we do Men in Black? Ben's like, sure. Until you, until you caught Ben at an all-time low when he was just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. We'll do Men in Black, I guess. Right, whatever, kid. <laughs> I've been best friends with Beer so Ben for years. But you found the exact moment to ask him that question. <laughs> struck I know you're in rock hot. bottom right now, but can we do Men in Black for the cast? <laughs> ben, look, I know you've been going through a tough time. Can we do Men in Black? <laughs> <laughs> ben, I'll take your lost your job. <laughs> ben, Ben's like, what else do I have ben, to lose? You lost Fine. your job. You gained the ability to maybe do Men in Black this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sil um, silver linings man silver linings. yeah and their playbooks oh god all oh. right so andrew why <laughs> i did why uh it's a really fun movie it's like fun and there's got they've got the song in it and everything and like <laughs> tommy lee jones is a fun guy I like this. That's the only reason to hear the song. That's tight. Let's review this movie for an hour. Colin's rubbing his eyes. God, did we even do a synopsis yet? Turned off all the lights. Have we, have we, have we done a synopsis before we completely fucking trash this movie? We got the synopsis. I did the synopsis. Did we? Oh, that Andrew was it. David. Okay, that's true. I forgot. Thank you. It very well. Thank you. I'm actually, I'm actually 97 certain that's why Andrew wanted to do this fucking movie at this point. But yeah. fuck it. Why aren't we doing Wild Wild West too? Uh, it's not a sci-fi uh, movie. I've never actually seen Wild Wild West. I didn't see Wild Wild West. So first off, we've done less sci-fi movies than Wild Wild West. I'm just going to throw that out there now. Because there's True. a giant fucking mechanical <laughs> uh, fucking spider. Which is a with, great story. With, yeah. Kevin, <laughs> with Kevin Klein on it. Just put that together. That doesn't yeah. make any sense. I've never seen Wild Wild West, so that's why I didn't suggest that. Here's oh. the thing. It's You're right. Miller, the movie is fun. I will not deny that. It's oh, I, yeah. even even now. I was like, I'm going to put it. I'm going to put it on in the background because I I saw this a million times as a child, and I don't need to rewatch it. But I'm going to just to kind of familiarize mm -hmm. myself. I put it on the background. And I found myself kind of getting drawn to it because it is a fun film. Mm -hmm. You know, Will Smith is very is very fun. Tommy Lee Jones is is honestly kind of at his career best. And um, putting putting them together on screen is. Normally, before that, you would not have thought that would have been a good idea right. or even possible. Yeah, but it worked so perfectly. Tommy Lee Jones it, is a great straight man, and 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 Will and Will Smith is a he 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 he's crazy. He's the wild card, but he's not unreasonably so. Right, mm -hmm. like you, it doesn't get to the point where it's exhausting, and you 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 find a, somehow are rooting for him in the early moments and. It's kind of one of those 90s movie magic things where it's just, I don't know, let's mm -hmm. throw it at the screen and see what works. And it just kind of worked. I agree. Especially if you look at the people involved in the movie, it's like, holy fuck, how did this movie work? Yeah. Like, nothing against the director, nothing against the writer, but 
if I was going to throw, you know, a hundred million dollars at a production, I would not hire those guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, straight up would not have hired them. Linda Florentino doesn't even have work anymore. Like no. she's. She doesn't. I don't think she's worked since like 2006 or something. Like I think it's 2009. Weird. She's been out of work. Yeah. Since. So that was a weird yeah. one for me because she looks so memorable. I didn't know if it was just this movie standing out so much in my head, or what. If I recognize her from something, so I'm I'm looking through her discography. I'm like, none of this filmography. <laughs> her, her filmography sorry, and I'm flipping through. I'm like, none of this is standing out to me. And then I see Dogma, and I'm like, okay. Yes, yeah, yeah, sorry. Those are, like, the two big claims claims to fame for her. But the thing is, is both of those movies, well, at least Men in Black, but for me, both of those movies are, like, such... I watched them so much as a child that, yes, to her, she's, like, a very recognizable face. I feel like I've I've seen all her work, and I really have seen all of her work. (laughs) Vincent D'Onofrio was a surprise for me, because I did not remember that being him. I can see it now, but even after knowing, if I hadn't mm-hmm. seen his name on the uh, like intro credits, I might not have caught that. Yeah, I admittedly didn't know until like a few yeah. years ago when someone brought it up. They were like, oh, like Vincent D'Onofrio in Men in Black. And I was like, what? And yeah. well, now, so, now I know. So actually, Caroline said that if I didn't do the entire podcast in a Vincent D'Onofrio impress- impression, she would be really disappointed. So I'm just going to talk like this for the rest of the cast. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, so the thing is, is Vincent D'Onofrio has this three stages of his career. There's pre-law and order, there's law and order, and there's post-law and order. Everyone knows Law and Order, Vincent D'Onofrio, and everyone knows post-Law and Order, Vincent D'Onofrio, but when you go before that, it's like, oh, fuck, is that him? <laughs> Jesus. Because, like, he physically goes over, goes under, like, huge changes throughout his career for some reason, but, yeah, that's, uh, I was surprised, too, because yeah. I've seen it a million times. In this particular change, his skin didn't fit his body. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> That's a very, it's a very good impression. Didn't he wear a knee brace? He did. He wore he wore a knee brace and he locked it so that his legs just kind of didn't work right. That's great. Yeah, he his like physical acting in this movie was just outstanding. Oh yeah, yeah. So I would say so. Oh, he even played he even played uh, Bugs in the Men in Black series, <laughs> the animated series. That's interesting. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> That's uh, that's something that blows me away is that this got an animated series because this does <laughs> this is not a kids movie. Well, it, oh, it very the, much is. The movie Evolution got a fucking animated series. That's not a kids movie movie either. I didn't well, this see it. played on this played on Kids WB on the Saturdays. They would have had to have heavily edited this because they use goddamn shit ass fuck. I mean, they do they one hundred percent do not have fucking. <laughs> <You laughs> it was the. It was the 90s. You could cuss in front of kids and not get yelled at by liberal moms. It's just Shit, the way it fuck. is. Lib moms, go home. <laughs> oh, Rush Hour is a great movie. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I can't do this. Do you want it? Yeah. That was probably okay. That and Stargate were like the. I actually remember the line that I had found for my parents. I got. I could watch The Matrix. That was fine. I could watch Eight Mile once, where I had to put my head under the covers. I didn't. Um and. I found the line. It was an animated Mortal Kombat movie with gratuitous amounts of blood. That was the line in the 90s. <laughs> so, you know, you could do whatever you want to for kids, you know, just fucking punch them. They didn't, parents didn't care back then. I got spanked by people I didn't know. <laughs> Presidents and shit. <laughs> Joe Biden. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's a different kind of joke. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry to all my to all the listeners out there that are diehard Biden boys. But None of them. Listen. So, I think it's worth pointing out that we're we're beating around the bush because there's really nothing like to talk about sci-fi you wise here, right? You didn't like, give me a turn. Are we kidding? You don't think I have a fucking outline with all of the in-depth analysis I did on this film? Hey, 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 Bill. Bill bathes in blue. Listen to me. Listen to me. Hit me. Bill, Hit I want to know exactly which questions this movie made you ask. <laughs> Similar to Valerian. Um, <laughs> how do I turn the sound down on my television? Um, He's still watching it. <laughs> God, this is weird. I would just like, what happens to the bug at the end? Alright, but uh <laughs> Um if for anybody that doesn't know at home, I'm currently watching the film trying to catch up before this <laughs> cast ends. No, I that's a joke. So I think okay, does anybody know okay, just hear me out before you start jumping down my throat. Okay. Does anybody know what the immigration and customs enforcement <laughs> is? Okay. okay, no, straight Everybody up, knows I was like, US, I, as I was watching it in the opening <laughs> scene, I was like, Bill's going to make an argument that this is a metaphor for ice. <laughs> Are you serious? Because yes. <laughs> that's exactly where I went in my mind. I was just like, how do I, how do I drudge out some bullshit from this? And I was like, okay, all right. So, okay, here's a point. So most aliens in this film, aliens, you know, aliens from outside of our country, okay? Uh, most of them are hardworking folks that are trying to keep their head down. They're just trying to make ends meet, and they're just trying to stay on this planet um, until, you know, they make a mistake. Um, and honestly, as a blockbuster in 1999, it's amazing the economics of of the scenes that go this goes through. Like the, the border scene at the beginning, I mean, it's like minimal sets, minimal characters, but yet there's so much going on with character development. You understand what's going on with the immigrants. You understand what's going on with the MIB. And they introduce this agency somehow with a little bit of mystery in there, but you basically get it. Area 51, you know, you get that idea of what's going on. And, you know, it kind of cemented Will Smith as as this amazing actor, right? As this amazing, like, we're going to put you in every blockbuster. He did Independence Day. He did Bad Boys. And that kind of got him at the front. And then, you know what? Men in Black. Boom. Now you're in everything. So there's that. And off, obviously, Vincent D'Onofrio's uh, performance. And, um, and the whole 1960s sci-fi conspiracy. There's a whole other world underneath us sort of thing. So there's that. And... Um, 
and yeah, but I mean, the New York setting is beautiful. It works with this film. Ah, <laughs> uh, and you know, you got the <laughs> you got the fun little like diner scene where somebody's murdered eating pierogies, and you got you know. Wait, uh, wait, uh, hold, hold on, hold on. You, you said New York. There's a fucking reason they picked Thank New you, York. Mark. That is literally the most alien friendly city in the world. The amount that's true. The amount of aliens, you know, we're talking of people that come to this country. You know, New York it was the entry point into this country, and it's true. Sure, they yeah, just accept, they accept Holy everyone. Shit, I'm doing it. That it's, is li- that is literally the, to believe. that is literally the perfect place to put this movie. Right, it's Ellis exactly. Island. Exactly. This isn't. Doesn't matter how it doesn't matter how fucking weird shit. you are. Like New Yorkers I are. Love this. Have, have you guys been to New York? The city is fucking weird. I've never been there, and it's filled with nothing but weird people. It's the perfect mm-hmm. city. I for say, it. why go to New York when we've got Chicago? No, I feel see, like it's a schi- it, New York is schizophrenic. That's what it is. It's absolutely no. I, I grew up around Chicago. I went to New York, and I was just uncomfortable the whole time because I'm just like, this is normal for people, but this is fucking weird. It's because they don't have alleys there, and it's not the people that you know live somewhere else and they move to New York for a job or whatever. It's the people that are born there. They're a breed unto themselves. Nice, maybe, interesting. Maybe they're born there. Sorry. Maybe it's New York. Uh, okay, so um, so the uh, okay, so the battery tunnels ventilation building, right? You go into the <laughs> MIB headquarters, okay? You got that. You're going to the MIB headquarters. Oh my God, where this whole place come from? Now you've got this whole underworld. You got you know memory being erased. You got everything like that. Um, and then um, okay, so the ending scene for the World's Fair, bringing everything together. When uh, you have the hero's journey of Will Smith completed, he's transformed into the agent, right? He's gone from, you know, beat cop NYPD trying to prove himself. He's some slick gun kid. And then he's a real life man at the end. And he tries and and he he practically sacrifices himself for uh, for Kay and uh, and. uh, and yeah, yeah, I think that uh, it's a wonderful film. So I just wanted to let you know that there's a lot of a lot of deep layers to this film that you guys don't appreciate, and no and the Danny Elfman oh score really just is the cherry on top of this this beautiful Sunday. This movie was about as deep as Danny Elfman's entire filmography. Incredibly deep. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. But I don't. I, you know what? I don't think it needed to be deep. It's it's you turn Certainly. your brain off when you're watching this movie. I mean, not every sci-fi film can be ad ad astra you know sometimes you just want to sit down and you watch a film that makes you think about the better times you know think about the your your childhood think about um it was like you it's like what you were saying earlier you know you don't have to worry about fucking know what a, what a mortgage is or anything like that you know it's a it's a it's it's a fun film to just sort of tune in and tune out you know you don't you don't have to i i I did the same thing as you i kind of put it on my other monitor because rachel and i watched it last month and i was like i don't know this is is good stuff i'm i was enjoying myself still am i i will say that this movie has delivered one of the best lines i've ever heard in my life and this is one of my favorite lines actually well i I don't know if we're talking about the same one but for me for me it's it's, he says people are smart. He goes, a person is smart, but people are dumb, panic- stupid, panicky animals. Is it stupid? I don't know. He'd say I think it was just dumb, panicky, and you know it. Dumb, panicky animals. And we do fucking us. know yeah. it. Oh, people yeah. are stupid. A person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it. 
and oh, there are so many, there's so much good research on just what a crowd of people like devolve into, no matter how smart they are, no matter like well behaved they are, they will literally just succumb to like the emotion of the crowd. Yeah, pack so, mentality is yes. what they call it. Yep, herd yep. mentality also. Herd so. immunity. That's a different thing, but yeah. <laughs> You heard, heard it here. Um, heard it here <clears throat> first. Uh, no, so I, I, from the time I first heard that, well, not the first time I heard it, but at least when I started like thinking, so probably like somewhere around adolescence, maybe. Uh, I just loved that line, and it's so applicable every day. Yeah. When you just see mm -hmm. people being stupid. Yeah. You can talk like to anybody you, that I work with and they're like, yeah, Andrew says that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, like you can reason with the person, but you can't reason with a no. group of people. So you can't. No. Yeah. I'm not against movies like this by any means, but I'm just mm -hmm. saying that at the end of the day, our podcast's title is sci-fi cross sections. The implication that we have to slice something in half for those of you who didn't know and dissect it dissect the cross sections and there's really nothing here to review say. it and tell you what we think about everything it. is surface level here it's just so like like yeah this is a fun movie yeah this is great but i would have rather do what we were originally gonna do but that's fine mm -hmm. and that would have been nice so, to be able to do um but we didn't but so very we're not to be not to beat around the bush here guys but we were gonna do a uh, another topic tonight but not not enough of us were wow did i just say that there wasn't enough of us prepared to do that episode so we did this instead well we'll talk we'll talk about that more at the end of the cast too but look at the bright side of this ben now you don't have to have andrew ask you if we can do men in black anymore. <laughs> i'll literally never ask you again or ask you again is a joke because there not, are three I'm more idiot. he's gonna ask about men in black 2 next well, there are three I've more Men, never in, Black seen Men in Black I've never seen Men in Black 2, and I didn't like Men in Black 3. I but none of them were culturally significant enough. To oh, my about. God. Men in Black 3 is a much happening. better film than this one. It I stopped after 2. So, weirdly enough, I don't remember. I've seen all of them. Well, I haven't seen the newest one. I've seen the, the all of the like original The original trilogy. trilogy. And I don't remember literally a single thing about 2 and 3. I don't remember anything I, about two, but Rosario, Rosario Dawson, man. Yeah, yeah um, Dawson, two has sure. ja Josh Brolin. No, three has Josh Brolin. That's what I meant. For what, like, I wasn't expecting to have. I have a a lot of fond memories of watching the, this first movie, but after rewatching it today, I couldn't believe how much I ever like. I I didn't forget a single thing. I feel like in a in a no weird way. way. Nope. It made me almost uncomfortable. <laughs> I rem it, everything oh, sorry, is exactly where and how I remember it, and it's so, not like so my like... most watched movie of my childhood or anything. But like, there's something, some quality about the movie that it, like every scene has this like memorable bit about it that it just like stuck in my head. And I mm -hmm. haven't watched the movie in probably 15 years, and. I got through it and I felt like I had just watched it last week in a weird way, you know? So right now, if I, if I like, if someone pulled out a gun and made you like put a basic scene by scene summary of the film, you could probably like bumble yeah. your way through it, right? Yeah. Like you could probably be like, okay, it goes here to here to here. Sure. It seems like it's a very simple story structure, very small story structure. I think that's mm -hmm. why. 
Mm-hmm. It's very, very basic. Well, it's it oh. was written by who again? Who again? It was. He's one of those classic Ed, older. Ed, Ed, Ed Solomon did it. Yeah, and and uh, he did the screen story, but I mean, same shit. And he comes from you know that whole Bill and Ted. And he even like with his more recent shit, you could see it like that old classic three act structure of Hollywood, where it's like this is how movies are to be made, and there's no disagreeing with that process it just is what it is what it is what it is yeah but he's he's a prolific writer because he follows that structure absolutely i'm not saying that's like a bad thing. um i i even read somewhere that he was uncredited but he did uh uh he rewrote x-men the first x-men movie from 99 oh nice, nice. 2000 whatever which that movie follows the hollywood structure like perfectly to the t so oh, absolutely so I wanted to uh, mention something. I did not realize this. I didn't know this. There was originally a comic uh, released in 1990 to 1991. Yep. Yep. Uh, written by Lowell Cunningham, um, and it's it's actually much more in depth. It's alien, demon, mutant, zombies, werewolf, vampire, and other legendary mythical creatures. Very interesting. I I mean I have no desire to read it, Wait, but it, it sounds sound, very interesting. It sounds like they missed out on a, a big big uh, universe expanding like franchise that uh, would be very popular now but you know it was 97 and they don't think that far ahead at the time so yeah the comics are, are huge cult cult favorites they are well beloved in the comic industry like you know you talk to most comic book readers and they've read some men in black book at one point or another before or after the movie <clears throat> before or after the movie had come out so yeah and I think they've made more since then as well. Yeah, I, had, I hadn't realized that either. It caught me off guard. I, I knew I've seen it as a concept around. I didn't realize that it was like a such a precursor to the movie. I see what you're saying about it fitting within the Hollywood structure of like movie storytelling. But it didn't feel like that as you go through the movie, you know? We just... Well, I watched the first half of... Uh, oh, what was it even called? Michael Bay movie on Netflix that I was just talking Six about. Six Underground. Yes. I, I literally, we didn't even finish it. We were all drunk and like, oh, this will be a great, like, uh, it'll be a super simple blockbuster kind of Hollywood movie. And it was tropey to a point that I couldn't, even after you said, yeah, it was written purposefully to be tropey, right? Right. I, it's it's designed even, even knowing to that, be like it was like, so sorry, painful. Like, I, I'm sorry to interrupt. It was like um uh, what was the Stallone movies? There's three of them. Rocky. No. Expendables. <laughs> Expendables. Rambo. Yeah, it's just oh, like yeah. that. Expendables. Continue. Except sorry. Expendables was fun, <laughs> but like straight up watching watching this film was was not fun. But Men in Black, while it was kind of following the the like usual storytelling tropes it was really entertaining and the characters were fun and the dialogue fun was and likable i liked the characters right yeah like like tommy lee jones and will smith that both have great characters you know the doctor's a great character even rip torn is a great character mm-hmm. rip torn is a very good character in this movie rest in peace yeah rip r.i.p rip torn was Michael Jackson in the second one? What a fucking name, Rip Torn. Zed, yeah, right? I know. I could be my M. whole life. I could be Agent M. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All right, guys. What? Oh, sorry. I got one last thing. 
You son my name of a is like I remembered everything as well as I as I was walking through this, except for the end. I I completely forgot that there that Kay actually retires and that Linda Forentino becomes a a, a a man in black, quote unquote. And uh, I that that shook me. I was like, "What the fuck?" Because I I don't know what where to leads now, and I kind of have to watch it. And I hate you for that, Miller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, you've I, not seen Men in Black two. I it's, haven't. I I've seen Men in Black two once and never ever watched it again, so I don't remember it. Okay. I thought you were going to mention the marbles because that was actually one of the things that stood out to me that I did not remember. <laughs> Oh like yeah, that was a cool scene. Thing. Oh that no, really I, I, as soon as that was happening, I remembered it. I thought that's how the movie ended, and then uh, it didn't. So, all right, gentlemen, real quick, go around the table. Good sci-fi, pet sci-fi. Uh, real quick, I'm gonna start. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. As a movie, this was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, I've seen it a million times in my life, and I've never been disappointed with it. Uh, in terms of sci-fi. A lot of cool concepts, a lot of cool, fun, weird technology that hey, some of that I could see being all right. So it was, it was cool. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I think if you put like a bunch of like actual thinkers and like scientists to throw technology into there, it would have been more sci-fi ish, but it was fun. It's kind of more fantasy than sci-fi, but it's whatever. Mark, you know, after all these years, I'd still say good, good movie, and good sci-fi. Really, I mean, they still use sci-fi as a grounds to broach a serious topic, and there's very interesting technology in the movie. You know, whether it's done in a goofy setting or not. And I also like the way that they kind of, you know, worked in like Roswell and Area 51 and everything, and thought that was fun. It's just a, it's just a fun movie, but I don't think that it being fun necessarily makes it it doesn't mean that it has to be cheap sci-fi like there's still some interesting elements of sci-fi in it all right thank you mark ben yeah fine blockbuster um it's fun reminds me of childhood but as a sci-fi film it it lacks sorely and uh <clears throat> i don't know arthur c clark would probably vomit if he was forced to watch this Who's or he'd fucking love it and be like, fuck yeah. All right, man. That was funny. That was funny. Maybe. That's what maybe. he would say. Maybe he would enjoy it, but he would definitely not say that it was worthy to be added into the sci-fi category. So, uh, uh, decent film, but bad sci-fi. This movie's in the International Space Station, isn't it? Oh, shut up. That doesn't make it sci-fi. Good sci-fi. No, <laughs> what? It's just there. I just don't you get your. I don't get your like, gatekeeping it from sci-fi. Like it is. It is sci just because it's, just because it's, it's not like a super I, serious I movie with it's daddy issues. It's like just bad sci-fi. Okay. Well, well, well. You know, Andrew said this movie is in the International Space Station, and the International Space Station is in the movie Valerian. So, oh boy. So it's bad sci-fi sci all guy. around. <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks, Ben. Bill. So in this film, uh, Ed Solomon go. joins the ranks of people such as Arthur C. Clarke, Isaac Asimov, <laughs> uh, Ray Bradbury, uh, <laughs> Philip K. Dick, uh, Stanley Kubrick, those sorts of uh, artours, um, in creating a groundbreaking film 
that uh that could have been um but then i woke up from uh, my dream and then i watched men in black and it is a giant piece of shit uh it's fun piece of shit i love this piece of shit it's a lot of fun um but uh there's not really much to it i mean dude I don't want to watch this movie. Like, if somebody were just like, hey, let's watch Men in Black, I'd be like, hey, no, I don't really feel like it. Can we just, like, <laughs> watch Rick and Morty or something? Like, I I really feel that way, but it was fine. So I'd say bad sci-fi. <laughs> Good man. Good man. <sighs> Mark, you just look disappointed in all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry we're snobs, Mark. Speechless. No, just, I don't know. We like... Good and bad. I don't know. Yeah. It makes me... <laughs> it, it feels bad to be like, man, I just had such a good time. And, like, there was, like, interesting sci-fi in it. And they asked some interesting, like... I mean, it, it's a fun way to pose an interesting question about mm. immigration. And kind of broached the subject in, like, a not super serious way. Here's... I feel like it hits, it hits a lot of the markers that you guys look for in sci-fi. But because it was a not super deep movie in a lot of ways, you just call it bad sci-fi. Here's my counterpoint. Number one, there's no fun way to approach immigration. <laughs> Number two, it, I have a very clear bar of what makes good sci-fi, which is it needs to make me feel human. Movies need to make me feel emotion. Sci-fi needs to make me feel human. And that's just the way it always is for me. And this is a fun comedy, but it doesn't make me feel anything except have a good laugh. You know, it's it's stupid. It's a child's movie. Isn't laughing part of the human condition and isn't being a child the most, most purest form of humanity? Have you done your well, good sci-fi, bad sci-fi yet, Noah? No, I was about to say, Andrew has to hit us, hit us with this good sci-fi, bad sci-fi. I, I love this movie. I, I like it a lot. I watched it voluntarily last month before this was even... Uh, a glimmer in the docket's eye. I w I will always love this movie. I think I'll I'll probably show my my little sci-fi sci-fi boys and girls about it. Um and and yeah. So I I think it's good sci-fi. It's got a lot of really. It's a fun movie. It's really fun. And at the end of the day, sometimes you just want to sit down and watch a movie that doesn't make you feel existential dread. I can dig that. But good sci-fi or bad sci-fi is the oh good sci-fi. It's great sci-fi, excellent sci-fi, magnanimous. Oh man, I pulled out the M. <laughs> it's he, equivalent he to Ex Machina. So he pulled he pulled <laughs> the magnanimous sci-fi card, which that like balances all of our bad sci-fi's mm -hmm. out to the point where it, it just levels out yeah. to being sci-fi. This was actually so, probably I think one of our more divisive episodes where are or divided anyway. Well, no, we all love the movie. It's not, I don't know. It's not that. Divisive. It sounded like I had uh, two two bad reviews, a really good review, uh, a great review, and then you were kind of on the fence but leaning towards good. I think hey, it's a fun movie. I mean, uh, you can like bad things. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, that's absolutely Listen. true. Mm -hmm. Listen, guys, I uh, I like the Super Mario Brothers movie. I think there Will Smith go. is hilarious in this movie. Oh yeah, some of his best work. As I said, honestly, it's 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 this is better than Gemini Man, and I didn't even see that movie. <laughs> Just to reiterate, they put all the pieces together that should not fit together, and they made it work. Like it just worked perfectly. I enjoyed this movie. So, yeah. um, 
there you have it, folks. That is our take on the movie Men in Black. Um, we will not be doing two, three, or did we say four? Or did we say international? international? We're not doing any of those. Uh, over my dead body. But <clears throat> or until you, we get another week where no one watched it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, next week when everybody hasn't watched uh, the seven seasons. Oh no! Of Star no Wars. Oh, next week. Next week is happening because that's the last time I have to do Star Wars until the fall, and I'm excited about that. What Star Wars happens in the fall? The uh, The Mandalorian. Well, oh, cool! Might, I might, love that. It might not now. No. Oh, you think? Oh, yeah, that's fair. Um. So. Next week, though, as we said, we are talking about the final season of Clone Wars. Uh, I think that'll be a very short um, personnel on that cast. I've already started it. I'm so excited. Oh, good. I just, I I know for a fact that the majority of this cast will not watch it. So, um, it happens. I don't. I can't watch seven seasons in one week. You should have started three months ago, buddy. Not not to say that the people on this podcast don't want to watch that show. They just haven't gotten around to it yet. However, uh, it will probably just be me and Ben. Unless you you guys can power through it. We'll see. Doubt it. It's just a lot. Rachel's coming over on Thursday, so so. not going to happen. All right. So, yes, next week is Star Wars. Um, Ben, quick question for you. Mm. What can people do on Sundays? Uh, on Sundays, you can, if you like fantasy, Dungeons and Dragons, and people acting like idiots, you could watch us on Once Upon a Tavern, a live Dungeons and Dragons stream at twitch.tv slash once underscore upon underscore a underscore tavern. We play every Sunday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time, and we're playing this Sunday, too, because fuck those moms. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Um, except me. Except and- me. I will not be there. <laughs> And also, uh, Andrew, quick question. So say like someone loves sci-fi cross sections, but they want like a little bit more specificity out of what they're doing. Like they want you to kind of hone in on one topic. So if you like, if you like to watch things from the nineties, you're clicking my subscribe button. Yeah. Well, that's good because you can listen to, uh, myself and my girlfriend, Rachel talk about X files, uh, every Monday, um, on there's something up there, Rachel, an X Files podcast. Uh, we're on Spotify and iTunes and wherever great podcasts are listened to. So you can listen to this and then immediately listen to that, and then watch along with us because as of this recording, we're still during we're still in quarantine, so we're only on the third episode. All right, so third third episode's a good one. Don't want to don't want to spoil that. Uh, coverage too much for you but the third episode of uh x files is great pretty iconic all right so there's something up there rachel does anyone else have anything they want to plug go to bit.ly forward slash sci-fi patreon to be part of the patreon check it out you have supporter and then if you go tier up you start to have access to bonus content so sci uh bit.ly forward slash sci-fi patreon yeah, it's worth noting that uh, we were originally going to do Westworld Season 3 today, but uh, Bill and I were the only ones to have watched it. So Bill and I will be doing bonus content on that Patreon for Westworld Season 3 uh, pretty soon. And maybe Mark, uh, if he can catch up, we'll, we'll have to find out. All right, folks, that's all we have for you tonight. So until next time. <laughs>